And local governments have a particularly unique role because we're the most locally embedded, you could say, within communities in the United States. So local governments uh, have the deepest knowledge of what's going on in their area. They have an important influence in the planning, development, and growth of local communities. And they're perhaps the most in directly in contact with local residents and community members. That was Gabe Daly, Climate Protection Program Manager with Albemarle County. In this episode, we'll learn about his role, what's next for the Climate Action Plan, and get a glimpse into the future if Albemarle County realizes all the goals associated with this important work. Welcome to Let's Talk Albemarle. I'm your host, Serena Gruya. I'm the Public Engagement Coordinator with Albemarle County in beautiful Central Virginia. Every day, I learn more about local government and our community. I have spoken with so many people who really want to get involved in local governance, but don't know where to start. Well, it's my hope that this podcast is a starting point to supporting community participation. And for those of you who are already super engaged, a chance to dig into important topics. So today, let's talk, Albemarle, about climate action. Hello and welcome. I am excited to, to have Gabe Daly, our Climate Protection Program Manager, here with us today. Welcome, Gabe. Thank you for having me. Okay, I'm going to jump right into it. Um, at a high level, what does the Climate Protection Program Manager job entail? That's a great question. At a high level, my job encompasses two main streams of work within the Climate Protection Program. The first of those is implementing our Climate Action Plan, which was adopted by the Board of Supervisors in 2020 after several years of collaborative work among county staff, partner organizations, and community members. The second stream is working on climate adaptation and resilience planning, and that's a process that we are just getting started with, with the end goal of creating a climate resilience plan that can help our community build resilience to some of the unavoidable changes that are coming with climate change. Well, I'm excited to dig into both of those um, parts of your, of your job. Uh, tell me first, what interests you about this position and about your work? There's a few things that interest me. First of all, I, I love my job and I really appreciate being able to work for Albemarle County. I collaborate with great colleagues across the organization in different departments. I feel really fortunate to uh, be able to work with folks who are very passionate, who are very smart and, and bring all of that to what they do in service to the local community. I've also been a, a lifelong nature lover, environmentalist, and also uh, have always been concerned around um, issues of you know social equity and inequality in society. And climate change is a really big issue that affects the globe, affects all of us. And it's an issue that brings together these different lifelong interests and concerns that I've had around our natural environment and also around um, people and society. Well, dealing with such a, a large area, we have a pretty big geographic uh, footprint here in Albemarle County. And uh, you've, you've started the work here in May of 2021. Uh, what what challenges have you faced or do you anticipate um, facing uh, with the work that you do? One of the challenges is how big and ambitious our climate action plan is. 
we have 135 distinct action areas within the climate action plan. And there's a lot to manage there. There's a lot that the county is trying to do to help reduce our greenhouse gas emissions and hopefully reduce the severity of global climate change. So that in and of itself is a big challenge, trying to figure out how we're going to implement that plan in a strategic way. Okay, I'm going to take a step way back here. Um, Climate change uh, just seems like it just seems so big. Um, What difference can uh, local governments and communities make? Great question. So I like to say that, uh, as you pointed out, climate change is a global issue, and it requires all of us around the globe to come together and act. There's a role for everyone, and there's a role for institutions at different levels. So the international community needs to play an important role, and some of our listeners might be familiar with the uh, international negotiations, the conference of parties that have been going on with respect to climate change over the last number of years. There's also a role for national governments who participate in those international conversations and then come back uh, home and set goals to take action within their country. There's a role for state governments in the United States, and then there's a role for local governments. And local governments have a particularly unique role because we're the most locally embedded, you could say, within communities in the United States. So local governments uh, have the deepest knowledge of what's going on in their area. They have an important influence in the planning, development, and growth of local communities. And they're perhaps the most directly in contact with local residents and community members. Excellent. And now we're going to bring it Back down to the work. Um, So you mentioned the Climate Action Plan, and that was adopted by the Board of Supervisors in October 2020. Um, As you mentioned, that plan was uh, developed collaboratively over a few years, and um, we consider it to be phase one of climate planning. Um, Can you tell us what the next big steps are associated with both the Climate Action Plan and your program? Yes. Let me take a step back and define a couple of key terms for us, which might be helpful for what I say about what the next steps are. So the county's climate action plan that was adopted, the that phase one plan that you just mentioned, focuses on what is sometimes called mitigation or climate mitigation. And in this context, mitigation refers to reducing the severity of global climate change um, or or preventing the worst of global climate change, we could say. And so those actions focus on reducing greenhouse gas emissions from the atmosphere and, if possible, even drawing carbon dioxide down from the atmosphere into plant life and soil. Then we have another couple of terms that I mentioned briefly earlier, which is adaptation and resilience. And those two terms focus on the kinds of changes that we need to make as a community and the preparations that we need to take in order to be prepared for the changes that we know are coming. So a certain amount of climate change at this point in time in 2021 is baked in. Some of the changes are unavoidable. And so even while we try to mitigate, reduce the severity of climate change, we also need to prepare for some of those impacts. So the next steps for the county's climate protection program or to further our work in those two directions. We have this phase one climate action plan. And the next step there is broadly speaking implementation. One key area of work that we're doing with that plan is to 
increase the degree to which we can implement it in a strategic way. We have a certain amount of time. That plan has targets for greenhouse gas emission reductions for 2030 and for 2050. So the Board of Supervisors uh, set targets to reduce by 2030 uh, 45% of 2008 emissions and then to have zero net emissions by 2050. That 2030 goal, it's not a lot of time. Uh, we're, we're, it's about nine years away, right? eight years away, excuse me, at this point. So we want to make sure that we're implementing our climate action plan in as strategic and effective a way as possible. And one of those is to add SMART goals to the plan. Right now, the plan outlines a number of excellent strategies and actions. And the goals within the plan beneath the level of the quantitative targets for 2030 and 2050 articulate important areas of action that we need to take. We can improve those goals by, like I said, making them SMART. And some folks might be familiar with the SMART acronym, which stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. And so it's important for us in the goal language, as well as the strategy and action language, to increase our specificity and increase our reference to specific uh, time bounds so that we can then check our progress, monitor how we're doing, um, and hold ourselves accountable. So that's one big area of work with the Climate Action Plan uh, that'll help us more strategically implement it. Second area of work with the Climate Action Plan is as opportunities are arising, doing work currently in the community to help implement it. So I'll give one example of that, which is that we partner with a couple of local organizations, the Local Energy Alliance Program, LEAP, and Albemarle Housing Improvement Program, AHIP, both of which do great work in the community, helping to do uh, home energy retrofits, home energy weatherization, and electrification of appliances, often serving lower income community members who might not be able to afford those kinds of improvements on their own. That kind of work is really important for um, helping to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in the community and reduce the energy burden or cost of energy for residents of the community. Second big area of work outside the climate action plan is the climate adaptation and resilience planning. And that process is just kicking off. So again, that's the work that we have to do to prepare for the coming impacts of climate change. The first step in that work has been to uh, perform what's called a climate vulnerability and risk assessment. And we worked with a couple of partner organizations in the community to prepare a document that does great quantitative analysis that essentially looks at, you could say, what climate change is bringing from the sky and then what here on the ground uh, is the situation in Albemarle and how those two things are going to interact. So our vulnerability and risk assessment looks at uh, the kinds of specific local weather changes that we can expect things like increasingly intense and long heat waves or in, uh, sudden and more severe rainstorms that lead to flash flooding, those kinds of weather events, and then looking at what does our built environment look like here in Albemarle, uh, what does our infrastructure look like, what is the watershed that might start to flood when that rainstorm comes, and being able to say where do we have particular areas of vulnerability or exposure that we need to pay attention to as we try to build resilience. You just mentioned the vulnerability risk assessment. Uh, a big part of the community engagement process is sharing data so that our community can develop informed perspectives. 
Uh, what are some of the additional resources that you have provided or, or will provide to help people understand where we are and where we're going? Another important resource that we have for sharing data is the greenhouse gas emission inventory. Our most recent inventory is from 2018, and this year we're working on preparing the inventory for 2020. The greenhouse gas emission inventory is our main way to track progress on implementing the climate action plan. In other words, it's our main way to track progress on how we're doing toward getting towards our emission reduction targets. Um, folks should understand that there's always going to be a two-year delay between the year in question for the inventory and the year when we publish that data. And that has to do with when certain data collection becomes available from the state government and the federal government that we rely on to be able to do our calculations for the Albemarle community. Um, but that's, that's one really important way that we share data with the community and that we analyze ourselves to be able to check progress. And then, like you mentioned, we have this new report coming out next month, the vulnerability and risk assessment, which will help us uh, more with our adaptation and resilience planning process. So with the greenhouse gas emissions inventory, um, does it show how we kind of stack up or compare to like-sized similar population communities? Um, or is it just, is it very specific to Admiral County and it doesn't do any comparisons? Our, the current report that we have for 2018, or the most recent report that we have, focuses on Albemarle. So we have a time comparison with previous inventories that were done in the county in the 2000s, 2000, 2006 and 2008 to be precise. Uh, that report doesn't have a comparison with other similar communities. And I would say Albemarle County is, is somewhat unique in that there are a lot of cities in the country that have been doing climate action planning for quite a while, and it's a bit newer for counties. So Albemarle County is, is one of the counties at the leading edge of county governments that are doing this kind of work. Um, but that's certainly something that we could look at doing in future inventories is a comparison chart with, with our um, you know, uh, collegial communities across the country. What the inventory does show that might be interesting to listeners is that there was a slight reduction in community emissions between 2008, which is our baseline year, and 2018. And that was all before we came up with and, and adopted a climate action plan. So that slight reduction is good. It's working in our favor and was largely due to bigger regional and national trends in terms of vehicle fuel efficiency and uh, the fuel used to generate electricity in our regional electric grid. We do need to steepen the downward slope of our emissions reductions in the coming years to meet our 2030 target. And, and that's uh, part of the importance of our climate action plan. Ah, you, you said um, vehicle emissions, and that brings to mind um, another huge project that the county is endeavoring to, to, to complete, and that is the comprehensive plan update. Uh, when we think about land use and planning projects, um, density and uh, housing affordability, we have uh, come to mind, we have the rural area and the designated development areas. I know that um, for this comprehensive plan update, the team has been charged with incorporating our climate goals 
in what ways do you participate or does your team participate in that project to help the team apply a climate lens to the plan? Well, first off, these topics that you just mentioned, Serena, are so important and they're crucial to comprehensive planning and they also completely intersect with climate action. Uh, I've gotten to know my colleagues who are responsible for the comprehensive plan update over the last year of being in my position. They're very keen to incorporate climate action and an equity and inclusion perspective in the comprehensive plan update, which is great because those are key areas of concern in my work as well. And we've had regular meetings over the last year to talk about the intersections between uh, the the kind of areas of focus of each of our work. Most recently, um, the comprehensive uh, uh, plan update staff invited me to do presentations to all of the county's community advisory committees. And that's been a great opportunity to talk with folks about intersections between the comp plan update and local climate action. Did you know that Albemarle County is in the process of updating the comprehensive plan? Mom, what's the comprehensive plan? Well, first, the cool way to say it is comp plan. And it's a really big document that our local government uses to figure out where growth, development, and investment should be directed in the county. The plan helps us to figure out where new roads, trails, parks, and housing should go. It also helps us protect natural resources and support our local economy. Wow, that sounds like a lot of work. Don't you have enough to do? We do have a lot to do, but the comp plan is super important and the update is required by the state. But more than that, a lot has changed since the last update in 2015. The county's grown and several new plans and policies have been adopted, like the Climate Action Plan and the Affordable Housing Policy. We also want to make sure the comp plan is focused on equity and inclusion so that all Albemarle residents have the opportunity to live their best life. Learn how you can participate in the comp plan update or just follow along with us at engage.albemarle.org. Our county has over 100,000 people, and with that comes a wide range of interests and perspectives. Can you describe some of the interests people bring to the the climate action conversation? Absolutely. It's interesting. It seems like there's there are certainly folks who are interested in climate action across the board and want to talk about all of the issues. And there's a lot of folks who come with particular areas of interest based on their own proclivities and passions and the issues that they care most about. Um, With respect to climate action, we often see folks have areas of interest that align with particular aspects of our emissions. And we're most interested in talking about how we can reduce uh, emissions in that area and and the harm that might be associated with those emissions or or that kind of pollution. So there's folks who are really interested in land conservation and preservation, um, in stewarding our natural resources and helping protect and promote biodiversity. We have a lot of actions in a landscape, natural resources, and agriculture chapter in the Climate Action Plan that Uh, that tends to get those folks really excited. There's folks who are very interested in uh, waste, looking at waste cycles, uh, you know, reducing, reusing and recycling and composting, of course, um, which connects with uh, actions that we have in that area in the climate action plan. And there's a strong community of interest in the county around looking at recycling and composting and generally how we can reduce waste. 
Then in terms of the two biggest areas of the county's emissions, which are transportation and building energy use, you have folks who are very interested in looking first at at transportation, how we can reduce those emissions in the county. Um, some folks are really passionate about uh, electric vehicles and how we can incentivize and encourage more EV adoption and also build out the charging infrastructure to make that possible. There's also folks who are really keen on improving our transit system here in Albemarle and also making sure that improvements to bike and pedestrian infrastructure connect and integrate well with that transit system. And then you have folks who are excited about energy, uh, and that includes reducing the energy use in buildings, so looking at how we can make our homes and businesses more energy efficient in terms of light bulbs and the appliances they use, um, how well insulated they are, and also folks who are thinking very directly about renewable energy generation here in the county, uh, both on a small scale, you know, the homeowner who puts solar panels on the rooftop of their house or the rooftop of a business, all the way up until larger solar uh, renewable energy generation facilities. I think I read uh, that local government is responsible for about 5% of our greenhouse gas emissions. Um, I can see how, you know, we as a local government can make different choices um, and better choices to to bring that number down. But that leaves the rest, the 95%. Um, what role and what tools does local government have to to help our community reduce that 95%? You're right, Serena, that... Local government emissions are 5% of the community-wide total that we calculated in our 2018 greenhouse gas emission inventory. So a first tool for local government is to lead by example, and that's where we can look at our own operations uh, and our policies and procedures, how those can help us reduce emissions in terms of our operations. So that's looking at that 5%, and, and that's important. Uh, it's, it's important for us to lead by example in that regard. The other 95% uh, which of emissions, which are part of the targets, so the targets in our climate action plan are with respect to community-wide emissions. There's a few different tools that we have at our disposal as a local government, and those are reflected in some of the wording of the actions that are across the climate action plan. So in the climate action plan, you will see some actions that, that say something like this, draft a policy for renew to help clarify uh, the county's stance on encouraging renewable energy and include that policy language in the comprehensive plan update and if possible um, or if relevant in the zoning ordinance. You also see actions that say incentivize the purchase of new electric vehicles or help incentivize community members to put rooftop solar on their house. Um, you'll see actions that then get into language that use words more like promote or educate or encourage. And you could say that that language is speaks to the spectrum of our the tools in our tool belt. So some of our tools look at policymaking, uh, look at updating our comprehensive plan or look at um, updating our zoning ordinance or other parts of the county code um, to help shape the local regulatory environment to be most conducive to folks um, reducing their emissions. And then we also have actions that, um, you know, where we can help folks access resources or we can create positive incentives um, to, to help folks, you know, change behavior. 
then we have those actions that look at, um, you know, educating, doing outreach campaigns, involving the community, um, where maybe, you know, we can't change what folks will do, but we can give folks access to resources and information that, if they're motivated, can help them make the change that they'd like to do. Looking towards the future, what gets you excited? What are you uh, looking forward to with this work? I'm very excited about the upcoming process, planning process, community engagement process that we're about to launch for the climate adaptation and resilience plan effort. Um, that's exciting because I started with the county uh, working with the climate protection program towards the tail end of the development of the climate action plan. And so while I helped write the final document for the climate action plan, and of course now I'm heavily involved in implementing that plan, I didn't actually have a chance to be part of the process for creating it. And I understand it was a lot of fun and there was a lot of engagement with uh, really passionate, caring folks across the community and with different you know, community organizations. So I'm really excited now to be in a position to help design, create, and and then facilitate um, a planning process that has robust community engagement. Well, I think I can uh, speak to your interest and excitement about getting involved in the community. I have witnessed you doing litter cleanups, uh, helping in a community garden, working at schools. And I think it's just, I can see the excitement you have when you are in community and um, the, the, the heart that you bring to the work. So I know I can speak for everyone saying, we're so excited to have you here doing this work. Um, so my final question, which could be the trickiest or the most fun, is um, I think that sometimes the goal uh, in this work is uh, to do such a good job that you're so successful that you actually put yourself out of a job. What does that look like for you? What does success in this job um, look like for you? That is, that's a great question and such a good goal to keep in mind. I think especially with respect to climate change which you know many folks are are referring to nowadays as the climate crisis because of how intense um, it has become and, and the the effects that we're experiencing that it can start to feel overwhelming and sometimes you know when we get into crisis response mode it can be hard to remember the vision of the beautiful endpoint that that we want to be working towards so here's a few things that I, that I think I would love to see that would would help. Uh, put me out of a job. Um, you know, I'd love to see Albemarle County be a carbon negative community. Okay. A little bit of a jargon term there. What does carbon negative mean? Uh, that basically means that Albemarle County is, uh, bringing more carbon dioxide, uh, down into the earth and soil where it becomes part of healthy ecosystems than we are emitting at all. And so that looks like, um, incredibly healthy, vibrant forests and landscapes here uh, in the county. It looks like, you know, resurging uh, biodiversity, native plants in the community. It looks like uh, robust and vibrant, um, you know, community where, where folks can be engaged in all sorts of farming and food production at different scales and sizes, doing regenerative and sustainable agriculture that that brings carbon down into the soil. That's on the, the natural landscape side of things. I think it also looks like a world-class transit system that's completely interconnected with great 
bicycle and pedestrian trails that give folks ways to get around the community uh, without necessarily having to rely on cars. And also because we're a big geographic area where folks are going to continue to drive, it, it looks like also having great EV charging infrastructure so that folks who are further out in the community can um, can transition to EVs, especially as those vehicles become more affordable. And gosh, I would love to see solar panels on everybody's rooftop, you know, on, on all building rooftops um, so that we can be basically generating renewable energy wherever we are um, in the built environment in the community. And I'd also finally love to see folks more engaged in um, composting and recycling and really kind of connected to the materials that we use, understanding the full cycle of those materials and able to increase our skill sets with, um, with reusing things, with composting at home or making use of the community facilities for composting, for example, uh, so that ultimately we can see cleaner waterways um, with more wildlife in the Ravana River watershed and the James River watershed. That's a bit of finger painting there, but those are some some things that might um, make make uh, my bosses say, "Well, thanks so much. Uh, you've you've done a good job with all the community partners, and you're no longer needed." So I can see it. I can see that future, and I'll, I'll work with you on a farm after that. Um, so as we as we say goodbye and as we leave, uh, what is uh, something that you would want our listeners to do right now? Two things. First. Check out our new environmental stewardship hub on the Albemarle County website. And there's a very simple link to it, albemarle.org slash stewardship. It's a new resource that you and I worked on with two other colleagues of ours. And we created this as a way for folks to have an easy access point on the county website to learn more about the main environmental stewardship programs that the county has, and also to learn about things that listeners can do at home on their land if they happen to have a larger amount of land, and also more broadly in their community. So those pages list a number of great ways that people can get involved, and we've made sure to include short, accessible, simply written descriptions. You don't have to be a scientific expert to understand what we're talking about. We also include in many of the actions that are suggested links to more technical resources if you decide you're really interested and, and you want to get into something more deeply. We also, whenever possible, include links to cost share resources. So a lot of the um, stewardship-related actions that the county wants to encourage, some of those are already incentivized through different state and local funding programs. So we provide those kinds of resources for folks as well. And then a second one is a campaign that's going on right now in the state called Solarize Virginia, which is um, being coordinated locally by that organization that I mentioned, LEAP, Local Energy Alliance Program. Solarize Virginia is um, a campaign to help get folks uh, signed up and kind of in the queue for being able to add solar panels to their house uh, if they'd like to. And it's a way to have a local nonprofit give some assistance in terms of helping folks kind of navigate the challenges of, um, of being able to take advantage of some of the state and federal rebates that exist. 
Awesome. So we will have in our show notes, uh, some of the terms that Gabe used, uh, some of the links, like the one to the hub and to Solarize Virginia, and also Gabe's uh, contact information, if you'd like to get in touch with him to discuss uh, the possibilities further. So um, thank you so much, Gabe, for being with us today and, and sharing some of your time and your expertise talking about climate action. Thank you so much for having me, Serena, and I look forward to next time. And that wraps up our conversation with Gabe Daly. First, thanks to Gabe for being such a great guest. And thank you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Call or email me to share your constructive feedback, suggest a topic, or ask questions you have about Albemarle County local government. 434-296-5841, extension 3274, or email me at sgruia at albemarle.org. Albemarle, we need to have a talk. Let's talk Albemarle!